1: Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is T.J. Inman. And after a very long, busy summer with conference consolidation, uh, NIL stuff, it is finally game week. Uh, Week zero kicked off last week. Uh, This week, the Hoosiers kick off at home on September 2nd against Ohio State at 3:30 in the afternoon, the game will be televised on CBS. It is the first Big 10 game to be on CBS uh since the 80s. So that should be a um should be a great a great watch uh, and a great broadcast. Uh, TJ, how are you doing? Doing
0: great. Very excited obviously to uh to be talking an actual game. Um obviously it's one that uh you know, it's going to be incredibly difficult for Indiana, and we will get into the, uh, the specifics of that matchup. But look, college football is here. Uh, take a deep breath. You know, soak it in and enjoy Week One coming up. Uh, you know, we don't anticipate it to be a particularly uh, meaningful win for Indiana on Saturday, but um just being able to watch IU back on the field along with the rest of the action going on in week 1 has has really got me excited I, i'm ready for it and you know what we'll, we'll get into look what exactly does this game mean for Indiana you know what does it mean if they are competitive what does it mean if they get their doors blown off uh you know it's coming out of this game saying well they're 0 one oh, well there goes the season that that's not the approach to take this week
1: yeah it's i mean it, it's hard to open the season with an opponent like ohio state and and remain super positive and um and, and all those things but it is a long season there are 11 other games after this it is not A loss here is it would not be unexpected, uh, but it also wouldn't be season crushing. It only would be season crushing if something disastrous happens, uh, somebody gets hurt and all that stuff, which we hope doesn't happen. But let's get into this game a little bit. IU has not defeated Ohio State since uh, 1988. Um, They've been close a couple of times, you know, looking back. at it in 2012, uh 2015 comes to mind as well. Uh TJ, just what's your your impressions of the game and what are you looking for um to take out of this game that, that will give you some confidence and maybe some hope for the rest of the season?
0: Yeah, I think it's important to put this into context. Indiana has to play Ohio State. They're on the schedule every year. We know this. It's a problem. Now getting them This week, potentially, could be a better time to play them than any other time. Uh, Look, Indiana's got a ton of new personnel, a ton of uh, changes, both in coaching and on the roster. We don't know who's going to be playing quarterback, if there's going to be multiple people playing quarterback. But we do know it will be somebody that didn't start last year and doesn't have much experience. Uh, Ohio State is kind of in the same boat. With that they have changes on the offensive line with uh, two new starting tackles that they need to break in. they've got a change at quarterback with what it seems like is going to be two guys playing Kyle McCord and Devin Brown, both likely to get action on Saturday according to ryan day's comments previously um, you know there there's an opportunity here for Indiana to potentially uh, show show some uh, show some things that they haven't shown before uh, in terms of offensive scheme, defensive scheme with the new play caller, and Coach G, Matt Um, Guerrero, there's an opportunity for IU to at least keep this more competitive than you would otherwise expect it to be. Now, to to look at the previous matchups between Ryan Day and Tom Allen as the head coaches of their respective schools – these last four games, you've got the 2020 matchup, which we all remember 42 to 35 for Ohio state, uh, really fun contest. It was kind of a, uh, Michael Pinnock's introduction to the college football world at large. Um, the IU offense was able to take advantage of an Ohio state secondary that really didn't know what they were doing. And IU exposed that, that game, uh, the other three games fifty one to ten fifty four to seven and fifty six to fourteen uh and you look at what Ohio State's offense has done in those games um you're looking at six hundred and seven yards, five hundred and thirty nine yards, six hundred and sixty two yards over the past three seasons. those are the totals that Ohio state's offense has run up on indiana uh and look last year Ohio State could have gained whatever they wanted to I mean they they really could have so taking that into consideration I think you were looking for okay comparatively where does IU stack up right now the line on this game is Ohio State favored by 30 clearly Nobody believes Indiana has any chance to even keep this competitive, and based on recent history, that makes sense. So from my perspective, what I'm looking for is looking at those previous meetings, does Indiana keep this one more competitive? Do they show more resistance to Ohio State's offense? Do they keep Ohio State's defense from living in their backfield, are they able to put together some successful drives and keep this thing competitive at least into the second half? You know, uh, that's, that's kind of what I'm looking for as a marker that would tell me, okay, uh, you know, there has been some progress here and there's a reason to be optimistic moving into week two and really into week three, because next week you're, you're going to be going up against an overmatched uh, opponent. So after that, you're looking at, okay, those first two weeks, what did those show you, positive and negative, heading into more matchup opponents? That's what I'm looking at. And the questions, I mean, who who can even begin to list all of the questions that we have in terms of new personnel, new coaches, potentially new schemes, uh, so many unknowns that we're going to find out our first piece of evidence and answers in. There's not going to be definitive answers like, oh, well, this change is awesome. And this change sucks. You cannot come to conclusions after just this one piece of evidence, but it is going to be your first piece that allows you to start to put together the puzzle on what this IU team is going to be this season.
1: Yeah, I think if, if you're a fan, you want to see improvement. And that means I, I'd like to see IU come out and, and just function. Um, and and function well Uh, you you saw the the dysfunction last year against Nebraska they had to call timeout on the first play from scrimmage Um, you know you look at the Cincinnati game where they at the end of the first half uh, have a sack fumble return for you know for a touchdown just try and play a clean as clean of a game as possible but also show that you have that that Tom Allen has control and command of you know of the team of the sideline um and don't do those things that you know everybody on on social media says oh he's a high school coach he's a high school coach look at what he did um it's time to to clean those up now it's not all on Tom Allen and it's not all on the players and, and all of that stuff but you know if you get the ball first don't don't start with the mistake. If, if your first drive ends up with a punt, great. Um, Don't have one of those killer turnovers or, you know, take the, the ball out of the end zone, nine yards out deep out of the end zone on a kick return and, and get tackled at the 10, like try and set yourself up for some momentum. Now it might not last the entire game, but, you know, show some improvement where you go, okay, we've definitely improved from, from 2022 to 2023. And and like you said, along the offensive line with Bob Bostead, um, with Matt Guerrero on defense, with you know, even as the quarterback. Yeah, IU started 3-0 last year. But, you know, all three of those games were, were come from behind games in, in the second half. IU was down, uh, you know, big to Idaho at halftime. It, it's time to, okay – can can this team function like they were functioning in 2019 and 2020? And, you know, if IU walks out of there and lose by, you know, four touchdowns, that's – I'm not looking at the final score. I'm looking at did they, you know, did they play well? You know, I know that's moral victories and all that stuff, but – it's a step in the right direction. It's okay. You might've lost to Ohio state, but if you play like that against Louisville, against Rutgers, against Michigan state and against Purdue, you're probably going to win. You can't win games with having punts blocked or, you know, taking timeouts unnecessarily in the first half, uh, like they did against Nebraska last year, or the just the, the utter implosion against Cincinnati, um, you know, in, in the second quarter there. And just give yourself a shot. Um, You're the best shot to win. And that, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, TJ, turning to uh, some keys to the game. Uh, if IU is going to, to, to win this game, what do they need to do well? What is the, the top thing that they need to do well?
0: I mean, the obvious answer to this is going to be has to play a perfect game. Um, In terms of specifics and keeping this thing competitive and giving Ohio State some real resistance, I think the first thing IU has to do is pressure the passer. Uh, Really, they need to win the line of scrimmage battle against the Ohio State offensive line. Indiana's defensive line has gotten a lot of talk this offseason from the coaches about how good that unit looks. a lot of new bodies, Linnell Carr and Andre Carter jump out, but a lot of new bodies, uh, um, increased size, increased speed up front for the who's on the offensive line. And state does have some questions on the offensive line. They have a, a quarterback back there that, you know, whoever it is, Brown, McCord, both of them, they don't have much experience. Um, so if any of can get some pressure on them, force them into some – mistake, rattle them a little bit, get into the opposing backfield, uh, get to Ryan Williams and Travion Henderson before they get into the second level of the defense on a consistent basis. Those kind of things could get Ohio State's offense off schedule and provide some resistance to the Buckeyes. Uh, that's kind of my first thing. You could extend it out to you know win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, but Uh, focusing on iu's defensive line which they hope is a strength this season versus an ohio state offensive line that does have some question marks
1: yeah you know and you know uh, along that point iu doesn't know who their starting quarterback is and haven't announced it neither has ohio state so one the message to, to, to our listeners is iu's not the only person who hides these position battles it's every football team in the country um you know Ohio State's ranked 3rd in the country for a reason they're really good they know how to run their program hey they're not announcing their quarterback publicly until the game starts either so guess what it's okay to do that we don't they don't owe anybody an answer to who won the quarterback battle outside of the people on the team and i think the people on the team know so that, that'll be okay but like you said pressuring that quarterback for Ohio State whether it's Devin Brown or uh, Kyle McCord is it, going to be huge and that's the complementary football we talked about all summer in, in our previews is yeah. can, can that defensive line help out that secondary by speeding the quarterback up and and making him think uh and, and things like that now look Ohio State has all worldwide receivers uh with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Amika Abuka. So it, it's gonna be really tough, even if you speed him up, uh, speed the quarterback up. If you throw it in the zip code of Marvin Harrison Jr., he's probably gonna catch it. He's pretty darn good. Uh, but you give yourself the best uh, the the as best of a chance as you can by getting in the backfield and mm-hmm. And, and proving to, I think the fans are in prove it mode. And if you could prove it to the fans that this defensive line is improved and better and has some playmakers, maybe they buy into to the hype a little bit. For me, the thing that IU needs to do, um, they need to win the special teams game uh, in, in that phase of the game, not play even not just they need to win the special teams battle. You have an all-American kick returner in Jalen Lucas. Now if Ohio State's going to kick to them is anybody's question. But you could put them in uh, some tough situations, put some pressure on that kicker uh, with Jalen Lucas back there. You also have an all-Big Ten punter uh, who who had 30-plus punts inside the 20-yard line last year. Set your defense up well. Um, And the defense has got to come through like that, too. Uh, We'll see in the punt return game. And the field goal game is a little bit of a question, too. They have not named a starter at kicker publicly. I would believe that they have internally. Um, It it was something to be desired, that position, coming out of uh, spring practice. We'll see if Nico Ratajkic. The true freshman out of Texas can, can take the job by the horns, but he was banged up in camp. So, you know, that's a bit of a question mark. But if they, you know, you, you can't miss field goals, you can't miss extra points, you can't have punt blocks, which they did against Ohio State last year. You need to convincingly win that special teams battle uh, and, and field position to, to at least give yourself a chance um, to not only keep it competitive. But, but maybe give yourself a chance to to st- steal one against buckeyes too. TJ what's the third thing um, that IU has to do to 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 win this game?
0: I'm I'm going to go with they need to make Ohio State miss some tackles. Uh, that's going to mean scheming your guys to get into open space and then once you're in open space making their defenders miss some tackles. It's week one tackling could be a little, you know, a little shaky. Uh, Guys might be a little rusty on that side of the game because there's not a lot of live tackle in practice anymore. Um, So, you know, that's an opportunity that IU could have to turn a 10-yard gain into a 50-yard gain because you four missed tackle. Um, that's, That's something I'm looking at really on both sides of the ball. Ohio State obviously so explosive on offense limiting big plays is something you want to try to do. And that means tackling in space and the opposite is true when you're on offense, you want to try to get those explosive plays. And part of that is going to be scheming players open when they get in space, you make them and miss and you turn that into a bigger gain and an explosive play. Um, I, I, I do want to, um, you know, just we won't ignore the elephant in the room what do you think happens at quarterback? Do you think we see two quarterbacks for Ohio State? Do you think we see two quarterbacks for Indiana? Uh, do you think that uh, that this continues to be a competition uh, that Indiana wants to see in live game situations? We don't have any inside info on this. Uh, just, you know, what is your feeling on how the quarterback situation for both teams plays out on Saturday? Uh, and? You know, how do you think that's going to ultimately impact the outcome of this game?
1: Well, even though they're two similar decisions and similar battles between young, inexperienced quarterbacks, if I was the head coach, it would be two totally different reasons why I picked the same decision. Uh, And that decision is to play both guys Um, for let's start with the Ohio State. For Ohio State, it's a game that, let's be honest, you should win um, by a few touchdowns and win comfortably. And, and you need your guys to get some game reps. I could see them splitting, uh, splitting reps. Maybe somebody gets the first two drives, and then somebody gets the next two drives. But it's not going to be um, whoever their quarterback is plays for three quarters. The backup comes in for the fourth quarter and hands the ball off. If Ryan Day does that, that's his decision. If I was a head coach at Ohio State, that's not what I'm doing because I want both quarterbacks to have game reps in an opposing stadium when the lights are on, um, you know, to see what they have. And, you know, I talked to Alex Gleitman of Buckeye Huddle. We'll have that conversation on the site. Uh, later in the week in our opponents roundtable, but we discussed just that in the quarterback situation at Ohio State for Indiana. Um, to me, it's you got to play the hot hand. Um, if if whoever starts, and I don't know who's going to start, uh, it, it really has been a back and forth battle. One day one guy looks great, one day the next guy looks great, um, and if it's that kind of inconsistency. You got to ride with the hot hand. I think both of them play a lot of snaps against Ohio State, uh, but down the season, uh, did did they settle on somebody? I don't know, but I I think for IU, given how the quarter battle bat, quarterback battle has gone and what we've heard and seen at practice, it, I would if I was if I was the offensive staff at IU, roll with the hot hand and. and you know, if they start, let's say they start Taven Jackson, if he had, you give him the first two series, if he looks good, okay, go to Soresby for two series and and then play the guy who's, who's been better. Um, And that's, that's what you're going to have to do. These guys do not have a lot of experience under their belts against uh, opposition and in, in games. So I mean, that's, that's how I see it shaking out. You're going to see both guys for both teams. Now, they might be used a little differently on each side, but both sides are trying to figure out who their guy is going forward, and the best way to do that is is in-game reps. Um, hopefully the game doesn't get out of hand too early. For, for IU or, or or even for Ohio State, I think you secretly want this to be a competitive game. Um so you could have those those reps early in the season before um before some of these matchup games.
0: Yeah, I think it's a valid point. Uh, um, and I I tend to agree. I think what you're looking for for in Indiana going up against an elite defense like this that you know has kind of stars at every level of it and you know, if they're going to out-athlete you in most positions what you're looking for is, okay, what can our scheme, which you know we, we believe is going to look different than it did uh, last season. There were tweaks made to it that are better fitting of this personnel. They've added guys, um, and obviously it's going to be a new quarterback. So I think that's what you're looking for is, okay, we are going to be outmanned at, in a lot of our games. So what can we do as an offensive staff to help put our players in successful positions and to give them a chance to, to make plays and where are positions on the field that we have a chance to have success. And that that's your first crack at it is Saturday. So you're looking for ways to get Jalen Lucas involved. You're looking for ways to get him 15 to three touches. You're looking for ways to get Josh Henderson and Christian Turner on the field. Uh, and to get them involved, you're looking for how you can leverage the the slot receiver position with the different weapons you have now, the different versatility you have at wide receiver with a fast guy like Cam Perry and a veteran physical receiver like Dequeece Carter, you know, those different matchups that you can create uh, with the personnel that you now have. So I think what you're looking for for Indiana is to, to get out there against a really good defense with exceptional athleticism and be able to see, hey, look, what we worked on all offseason, here's proof of concept, it works. It works, and you get buy-in that way. If they can have some success, you get that buy-in. And then you improve that buy-in and increase it next week against Indiana State by having more success. You know That's what you're looking for as an offense, and obviously trying to evaluate if we have one guy that's going to pull away from the other at quarterback. Um, we'll, we'll see if that happens on Saturday, but um, moving on to kind of my last key to this game, it's going to be uh, kind of the case in any upset bid, if you will, or a, a severely overmatched opponent trying to keep a game really competitive. You got to create those turnovers. Yep, that's something Indiana has worked on uh, all off season, trying to get more disruption in their defense. And it's got to happen. They need to win the turnover battle, um, and, and honestly, to keep it competitive, they're going to have to win the turnover battle somewhat significantly. Uh, something like three to one, or, or you know, four to one, something like that, where force Ohio State in multiple mistakes and limit their their number of turnovers themselves. Um, You know, if you can do that where you're scoring off of those turnovers, then you're in business. Uh, But forcing those turnovers, one, gets Ohio State off the field without scoring, and two, potentially puts your offense in a really advantageous field position uh, depending on where that turnover occurred. So um, that's a great equalizer, if you will, uh, when there are two teams that are like this. Um, so, you know, kind of as we, we turn it towards you, if there's kind of one thing that stands out that you're coming out of Saturday, uh, what is one thing that I, you could do on Saturday that you would leave that game feeling like, okay, that was a success. I'm ready for week two. I feel good about it what's that one thing that you really would stand out above others beyond just IU getting out of the game healthy?
1: Oh, you stole mine. Just get out of the game healthy. Um, no, oh, it, right, it is, right. it is limit, limit the, limit the, the self-inflicted mistakes, um, like the turnovers last year, you know, looking at the red zone score percentage, um, oh, yeah, yeah. You know they had 43 trips inside the red zone, 32 scores, 22 touchdowns, and 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 10 field goals. That's not a you need to cash in. Um, you know at least on touchdowns too, but you you can't miss field goals um, if you're down there as well. That that goes back to to 2021, uh, TJ, to that Cincinnati game where I think IU had three trips inside the the 15 and came away with zero points in a game that was a you know a 42 24 or a 38 24 loss um it's those things it's can you close those gaps can you you know increase the red zone scoring into if you if you're there 43 times can you score 35 touchdowns and kick 15 field goals um, instead of thirty-two and ten, uh, the again turnovers. Can you cash those into points? You know, can you get back to what the DNA of those twenty nineteen and twenty twenty teams were, which is create create takeaways, score points off of those takeaways, and help your offense that way. If they do that, um, and look, that twenty nineteen IU team lost fifty-one to ten to Ohio State, and and they ended up with eight wins. So what happens against Ohio State does not dictate what happens the rest of the season, Um, but you could tell just through the execution uh, and the flow uh, of the team and does this team look ready to play is what I want to take away from this game.
0: I'm that's exactly what I was going with is the overall aggression and mentality of this team after two years of really just being stomped on and being kicked. And then an off season where I mean, pretty much every national analyst or site has largely dismissed your program uh, as the worst or one of the worst teams this year in the big 10. You know, look, if, if you were collecting bulletin board material, you would need a very, very large bulletin board. Yes. So, uh, it's, there's, there's plenty, plenty of reasons for IU players to have motivation to come out on Saturday, be ready to go and be fired up. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking to see what is the response to, to the challenge? What is the response? And again, the result might not end up reflecting that but if there are individual things you can take away from it and the overall team uh kind of the way that they approach Saturday's game um the way that they battle and I think that that's kind of what you're going to take away from it. it's going to be difficult to quantify because the obvious thing the only thing that really matters is that scoreboard and it's just to be frank it's unlikely to be all that close we have the results history right in front of us we know uh, you know we know what the the two teams doing battle are we know Um, but I do think that there's so much that is unknown about this team that what I'm most looking forward to is just starting to get the answers to that and starting to be able to get a, a, uh, again, put together a puzzle and you're starting to get those first pieces that you're starting to put them into place. And you can see, I think that's what these first two weeks are going to be is, is putting pieces into place that you then take with you after these first two weeks. And I don't want to say start the season, but, really begin to play games where it's very unclear what's going to happen. Those matchup opponents. Um, Now I, you know, as we look to predictions, uh, I'll go ahead and toss mine out there. Uh, I am predicting that Ohio state kind of walks to a win here, but I do think that IU keeps this more competitive than they have in the past couple of seasons. I do think that there will be, kind of that step forward so I'm going to offer a couple of predictions the first is going to be that IU goes over 250 yards of offense which is uh, sounds like a low number but against the Ohio State defense that's not a terrible showing so I think IU goes over 250 yards of offense keeps Ohio State below 500 yep below 500 yards of offense
1: Ohio State's the team but IU junior
0: uh, the Ohio State whole team. Harrison Jr. might have 300 himself if they want to, but I think the, the team for Ohio State goes under 500 uh, for the total yardage or total offensive yards. Um, Ohio State gets the win, but it's a little bit more competitive than it has been. Uh, Buckeyes win this one, and I'm going to go with a score of 45-21. 45-21 in favor of Ohio State. Uh, I think that Indiana does put up some resistance and I think we're going to leave Saturday feeling like we know a little bit more uh, about this IU team than we did going into it. And I think it will be overall a fairly positive Saturday, but of course the number one thing you're hoping for is that IU does get out of this game without any significant injuries that, you know, really, alter the shape of the season. That would be the the one killer to come out of Saturday if something like that were to occur.
1: Yeah, just, it, get at just get out of there healthy. Um that, that's key number one because if you if you lose a quarterback, a couple offensive linemen, a couple defensive linemen, and some secondary players and a linebacker, you know, your your season could be shot and, and we've seen it before. Uh, For me, TJ, I I think Ohio State comes in and wins. Um, You know, it'll be good to see where IU stands uh, and and answer a lot of the questions that everybody has going into this season. Um, I think IU might catch them off guard a little bit at the beginning. It's a good time to catch Ohio State in a period of transition. Now, look, Ohio State's period of transition could be an 11 and 1 season with the playoff berth, but breaking in two new quarterbacks, a new, uh, you know, a a new offensive coordinator, three starting offensive linemen, uh, there might, it might take them a little bit to get that engine humming. uh, But I'm with you. I think IU covers that 30 point spread. Um, And the score is something like 45-24, 45-20, something along those lines, which walking out of that, I I think even the national people, because there have been several national people who said Tom Allen's getting fired mid-year, and that's just not accurate um, unless something crazy happens. But, you know, you walk out of it kind of like the 2017 game where you, you trade Blows back and forth early, and Ohio State's just talent level is is better than IU and, and pulls out. So I, I I'm with you. I'll I'll go. I won't pick the same exact score, but I, I'll go 49 uh, 24 Ohio State.
0: Yeah, I think um, that's you know we're roughly in line there. So uh, biggest thing for me again, everybody. I, you know we've waited a long time for this. Um, you know, try and enjoy it. Take a deep breath and uh, you know, soak up the first actual week of college football. I know it was a brief taste uh, during week zero, but you know, a, a lot of huge games this coming Saturday. A lot of games that are just going to be fun, uh, regardless of the you know overall quality of the two teams. It's just it's great to have the have the sport that we love back and uh have indiana back on the field to to be able to follow um and see how this season you know how it develops i mean there's just so many question marks so many unknowns a lot to be excited about a lot to be you know uh very nervous about but i'm i'm just very very happy that it's back uh it's going to be a whirlwind of a season we know how quick it goes by so uh, don't don't uh don't take it for granted. You know it'll be gone before we know it again. And we'll be back to the darkness of the off season. So thrilled to have college football back. We are thrilled to be here on the podcast with anybody listening. So we appreciate it. And uh, you know, let let's go. Let's let's have a good season.
1: Yeah, there there are a couple more a couple more things I'm watching. TJ, I want to see how these new clock rules in week zero. I don't think it affected very much. Um, how the new clock rules affect the game Um, I also I am sick and tired of conference expansion talk I hope that goes by the wayside as as games start up and uh, you know I'm just interested how the Big Ten East show you know shakes out because for the first time in in a few years I think there are three teams who could legitimately win the Big Ten East and it should be a very fun year uh, in, in the Big Ten and and hopefully Indiana can add to that excitement and and make it a fun, make football fun again uh, for, for IU fans who have had two pretty miserable seasons in a row uh, in 2021 and 22. So thanks for listening. Again, uh, IU against Ohio State kicks off at Memorial Stadium on CBS at 3.30 in the afternoon. Uh, there are still tickets available through the IU website, also on SeatGeek as well. Uh, you can follow us at Hoosier underscore huddle. We have all of the preseason content up. You need a position uh, preview. You need a player preview. It's all up there on HoosierHuddle.com. Uh TJ, enjoy the opening uh, opening weekend of uh, college football. Enjoy the uh, the long weekend as well. And, and hopefully there are a lot of good games for people to tune into.
0: Yeah. Thanks, everybody, and uh, have a good uh, good rest of the week. And go Hoosiers.